0: Covering all aspects of Milwaukee Brewers baseball. It's time for
1: Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Here is your host, Matt Pauley. It is time for another edition of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. I get to say that for the first time in the 2020 calendar year. Welcome in, everybody. I hope everyone just had a wonderful Christmas. Happy New Year's. Uh, If you uh, celebrate other holidays other than that, I hope you were able to uh, certainly enjoy yourself, be with friends and family, and eat lots of good food and get relaxed and refreshed and re-energized and ready to go as uh, we all take on a new calendar year together. We are into 2020. We are getting closer and closer to those wonderful words, pitchers, and catchers report. We get closer to everything baseball-related certainly still some question marks about the brewers and every team in baseball for that matter but some question marks about what this brewers roster is going to uh, look like and uh, we're going to get into that over the course of the program today let's do our normal housekeeping items if you are a regular listener you know what these are you can press the plus 30 button on your podcast uh, app if you want to right now Uh, if you uh, do not subscribe to us please do Uh, if you unless you listen to us at wtmj.com or something or you just bring us up every week if you don't want to subscribe you don't have but I like it if you do, uh, but don't, yeah, I just, I'm glad you're listening. If it's a question of subscribing or not listening or to just keep listening. But if you want to subscribe, I'll take it. Thanks thanks for the subscriptions. Uh, also on Apple Podcasts, rankings and reviews are really cool too. So if you can do that, that would be great. If you don't want to do any of that, you just want to listen, thanks for listening. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a cool thing, and we're glad to have uh, everybody who takes their time to listen to this podcast on an every week basis. Uh, here's what we've got coming up, and the vast majority of this podcast this week is going to be my conversation with Nicholas Zettel. I've had Nick on before. You uh, might be familiar with him. He actually wrote something to Brew Crew Ball this past week. Uh, he's the former uh, editor over at uh, BP Milwaukee, uh, and uh, he does some stuff on his social media, and you see him pop up at uh, Brew Crew Ball every, uh, every once in a while, and he wrote something that published this past week, and with that, I wanted to get him on because I think he's got kind of a unique take on the way the Brewers offseason roster is being put together now I always say you know if you judge like if I'm trying to say well the Brewers fan base for the most part feels this way and I'm only using social media as a as a gauge on how they're feeling I, I pretty good chance I'm going to get it wrong like the as as much as I love Twitter, as much as I love social media, the statistics out there show and say that not as many people have something like Twitter as you might think. In fact, you listen to this podcast, the fact that you listen to podcasts, you probably are on Twitter, but you might not be. And if you're not on Twitter, I think last time I saw Twitter doesn't even, uh, 50% of the United States population is not even on Twitter. So that, that tells you a lot. So Sometimes you think that the general public is feeling one way because of, what's being said on social media, where in reality, people who are on social media for whatever demographic, social, whatever, reasons and purposes, they're all thinking kind of in the same way, Um, and and you got to be careful sometimes because sometimes the overall general thought about the way things are going is not well represented. On social media, I don't know how I started going down this path, but we'll uh, we'll get back on on the road that we were supposed to start on here. Uh, I, the point I'm trying to make is, I think Nick does a really good job at looking at things in a really unique perspective, and I love the way he's looking at this Brewers off season. So we're gonna talk with him coming up in uh, just a few moments. Yeah, you know, we generally do like headlines of the week and all that sort of stuff here at the top and i think you know the the big voice guy comes on and says something like whether it's the middle of the season or the middle of the winter there's always something brewers related news wise like you've heard that it's it's on almost every podcast not really like that this is one of those times where we just don't have a lot to talk about in terms of new news now we got a lot to talk about in terms of analyzing what's going on with this roster and what's going to look like uh coming up next season but in in terms of just straight news yeah, there's not a lot of it, and it's kind of a, a slow period. You know, things slow down right before the holidays, and sometimes it takes a little bit of time to pick up. the The kind of funny thing about this, uh, you know, maybe funny peculiar, not so much funny, haha. But the the kind of funny thing about this is so much of the Brewers' offseason basically happened in the course of what, like five, six, seven days, somewhere in uh, somewhere in there and a lot of stuff happened in a flurry, and Brewers fans are still sitting here waiting and still saying, okay, what's going what's gonna to happen next? There's, there's obvious needs on this roster. What, where's, where's the next acquisition going to come from? You know, a lot of people are focused in on third base, and, and rightfully so. Who's, who's going to be the Brewers' third baseman as it sits right now? If the roster was right now, I mean, the guys that you're looking at are, you know, someone like Ryan Healy, who might not even start the season in the big leagues. Luis Urias, who I think is going to be the everyday shortstop. Uh, a Ronnie Rodriguez, who has picked up off uh, off waivers from Detroit. Even an Eric Sogard can play over there. Like, there's just not a. There's not somebody right now that you say, Mike Moustakis was there last year, and now this guy's going to be here this year, and you're going to be able to maybe not replicate the production, but at least get good production. And that's that's the biggest need, the biggest glaring hole right now. I think there's going to be a trade at some point. None of the guys who are still available on the free agent market really do that much for me. Now, if they sign them, like it can work. They can make it work, and there are certainly some upgrades I think that you can still possibly come up with uh, via free agency, and maybe there's some gambles and things like that. But I still feel like I think the opening day third baseman for the Milwaukee Brewers is currently employed by another team. That's my guess. I have no inside information. Nothing. I just that's just kind of what I think. I I'm expecting at least one more fairly large trade. Made by the Brewers this off season and that trade to address the needs at third base. That's what I think is going to happen. I could be totally wrong, and we'll revisit it uh, later on in the off season, or maybe if you know if they do sign somebody, we can we can revisit it. I just think a trade is going to be made. Maybe it's going to be a trade that involves Josh Hader. Maybe it's not. Uh, we've talked about it before. There's been kind of some smoke out there that. The Brewers are at least talking with teams about moving Josh Hader. I am I'm not overly comfortable at this point with um with the bullpen the way it's set right now. I'd be even less comfortable with it if Josh Hader is not there. Yeah, after third, we did something on uh, Brewers Weekly and Brewers Weekly runs every uh, Thursday night on WTMJ from eight o'clock to nine o'clock. Uh, more often than not, the uh, we then archive it and podcast it here where you're listening to this. So if you ever miss it or if maybe you live out of the market and can't stream it, whatever it might be, uh, we do provide the archive for you and you can go back to listen this past week. Uh, we did a comfortable, not comfortable, going kind of position by position. And I find myself mostly comfortable with um, with most of the Brewers roster. Where I'm not comfortable is third base, and I'm not comfortable at the bullpen. Those are the I'm comfortable at the rotation: first base, second base, uh, shortstop, catcher, outfield. I'm I'm comfortable. Uh, Does that mean they can't get better? No, it doesn't mean that. But if they if they are playing a game tomorrow, yeah, I'd be comfortable. I'm not comfortable at third. I'm not comfortable uh, over there at the bullpen either. So that, those are the areas that I think David Stearns is probably still going to address before all is uh, said and done. And all we can do is uh, sit back and wait and see what ends up happening. Maybe we'll have more news next week. I will say this. Uh, I, I joked about this a couple weeks ago or maybe a month ago here on the podcast. Uh, I always I, I always kind of uh, – it seems like a lot of news comes down Mondays, like Monday mornings. 9 a.m., 10 a.m., somewhere in there, all of a sudden something will start to come down uh, the pike, which makes doing this podcast on Sunday night sometimes a little bit frustrating because the content all of a sudden has become not obsolete but not, uh, not completely current. 12 hours, less than 12 hours after it posted, so that's always, I've openly thought about maybe moving the podcast, especially to the offseason, to uh, maybe another night to account for the Monday news cycle that we tend to get with Brewers things. But if I do that, if I move it to Monday night, then all of a sudden we're going to start getting moves on Tuesday, so uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just openly talking right now. Instead of me uh, openly talking, first off, I um, yeah, instead of me continuing on anymore down that line of thought, let's go ahead and get to uh, this week featured conversation, a guy who uh, he wrote something uh, this past week that ran at uh, Brew Crew Ball, former editor at BP Milwaukee, this week's featured conversation is with Nicholas Zettel. After every Brewers game, signing an announcement, bloggers and podcasters hit the web to give their take. Now we bring them all together. It's the Social Media Roundtable, and it starts now. Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast, is powered by WTMJ Mobile. We're very happy to uh, welcome on to the program, A guy who was formerly the editor at BP Milwaukee. Occasionally you see him at uh, Brew Crew Ball. You also got to uh, check out his Twitter for his uh, daily uh, Pythagoras. Pythagoras, say it for me. Nicholas Zettel is joining us. Hey, Nick. Uh,
0: Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? I'm
1: good. How are you?
0: Doing well, thanks. Uh, Yeah, the the daily Pythagoras is the the stat that keeps everyone uh, coming back to my Twitter over the season.
1: There you go. (laughs) And uh, yeah, people can see that uh, for sure. It's always uh, it's always a lot of fun. I wanted to have you on because uh, you, you wrote something that ran on, on Brew Crew Ball this past week, and I've been watching you on Twitter. Of all the Brewers Twitter folks out there. You're the guy who seems kind of most intrigued, less negative about the roster decisions that are being made by the Brewers. I don't know if I'm a if I am if I'm characterizing you in an incorrect way, please 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 uh, correct me but how what are kind of your, your general thoughts right now on the way David Stearns is putting together the roster for the uh, 2020 Brewers?
0: So yeah, I think um, I think that's a perfectly accurate portrayal of it. I think um, my thoughts on it, the roster have, have been flowed. Um, there's some days where I really do look at the roster and think it's not nearly as good as the team last year, but there's other days where you know you kind of think through what Stearns might be doing and I, I frankly just don't think Brewers fans appreciate how bizarre his offseason is. I mean, you have a team that was... Was pretty much, you know, a playoff contender for two consecutive years, and now you have, um, 14, by my count, uh, 14 newly acquired players, and then, uh, 19 of the players on the 40 man roster didn't appear with last year's club. So, pretty much, he's, he's totally made over the roster. It's a, it's a completely different roster, and, What's so interesting about it is that, on the face of it, it's it's much worse defensively. If you run baseball perspectives, historical um, fielding runs above average stats for all the players that the Brewers lost versus all their new acquisitions, their the new acquisitions are consistently worse in the field, probably to the tune about losing six games or so.
1: Um,
0: it's it's tough to look at it and say, you know, like what what's going on because the Brewers kind of designed their team around defensive pitching for the last couple of years, so it's it's extremely interesting to me to see that Stearns is pretty much totally changing the club.
1: All right, so there is a couple things in there that I that I want to touch on. First off, to me, it sometimes it feels like, and maybe this is an incorrect characterization, but sometimes I look at what's going on and everything that you just said, and it's almost like Stearns has said, okay. We got this far doing things one way. We didn't quite accomplish everything we wanted to accomplish. Let's tweak it. Let's do things a little bit differently and see what the results are with this. Do you think there's any truth to kind of that that statement?
0: Yes. Yes, absolutely. I think there's 100% truth to it. Um, I feel like the other side of it is, and I think this is what Burr's fans don't like to really talk about, is, you know, Stern's. Stearns made a really quick rebuild which he deserves all the credit in the world for. Winning winning at the big league level is much more important than developing a minor league system. Like there's just no there's no two ways about it. And he showed that he can he can use acquisitions to build a roster rather than relying on a farm system. But I think what fans don't realize is if your farm system is as bad as the brewer's farm system, he he can't really rely on graduations anymore. There's not there's not another Keston here down there uh, that's going to pop up and uh, and hit for the club next year or something like that. There's not even, you know, it's not even clear to me who's an impact pitcher on the farm right now that, that could graduate to the MLB next year. So it's, and by impact, I mean like someone that you would really put at the, like the top tier of pitching prospects or something like that. So it's, what's interesting to me is that he, he actually is kind of conducting another rebuild right before our eyes. He's gone to more feature plays. He's, he's making some gambles on, um, some toolly guys that might work out, um, Urias, uh, and the infield comes to that comes to mind for that. So it's just, uh, there's, there's just no way. He's not like it, it. I think your statement is completely right. He just completely, um, Done things one way, and now now it's time to try something else to to keep the club winning. Um, now and in the future,
1: it's I look at the the situation at first base. This is a great example of kind of the the odd way that things have been have gone about here. So a lot of Brewers fans very much wanted the uh, wanted Eric Thames back. Eric Thames doesn't come back. They sign Justin Smoke. They they sign him for a million and a half dollars less than what they would have paid Eric Thames. The projections say it's going to be very similar in terms of production, and you might even get a little bit more out of smoke. But then from a fan standpoint, people feel like uh, the brewers are being cheap by bringing in smoke, but, they, but at the same time, they wanted Thames, and it seems like you're going to get the same production level. And it's just kind of an odd circle that, that fans are in right now. And I think we've talked about it before. We're both in agreement that we want to see Major League Baseball players getting paid what they deserve, and we don't like where, uh, where salaries have been going for mid-level players. But all at the same time, I think it's, we, we also don't have to begrudge David Stearns and the Brewers for saving a million and a half dollars at first base and getting the same kind of production.
0: Yeah, there's there's a lot to unpack there because <laughs> I think there's there's like four different ways you could look at that, at, you know, four or ten or, or however many. Because like I agree with the people who are upset from the fan experience standpoint, and I talk about this a lot. Where like you know, I was talking with my mom over over holiday, and like uh, you know, she she usually gets like a ten pack or something like that, and goes to the games, cheers on the guys, and her two favorite players are gone from last year, and you know it's like it's totally it's totally fine to be upset about that from a fan perspective like i'm I'm mad Ernan Perez and uh Eric Fames look to be gone, you know like it's okay to say like this is entertainment and from a fan perspective like i'll I'll take watching Eric Fames all day you know i would pay I would pay him ten million dollars more than he's worth just to see him you know it's mm-hmm. fun. And I, I like that aspect of it where like the one criticism of Stearns, I would say is that when you build a team this way, it's you're cheering more for that name on the front of the Jersey, or you're cheering more for the front office than the individual guys, like where you could say, okay, I'm really going to get a chance to watch this guy for like four or five years. And he's really could be my favorite player. Like we're just not going to see a whole lot of guys like that. And but but I totally get it from the business side. Like if you're Mark Atanasio, why wouldn't you want to sweat every every one point five million dollars? I mean they they got serious cash coming in. The more that Stern sweats that stuff from an ownership perspective, a you can get more value on the field. You could become like a Tampa Bay Rays type club. You know, just a really elite franchise that that you know sweats everything. And then Atanasio is going to have a nice a nice return to bring to all his stakeholders. So it's like, from the business standpoint, I totally get it. And so it's just, it's balancing all that. That's really tough this off season, I think, because I think there is the aspect as a fan where you're just like, like these guys were really good just two years ago. Like, can we just watch the same team and see, you know, each team is always going to have their ups and downs. You kind of, it's kind of fun watching a a fun group of guys. Like they, they had so many good characters on the team the last few years. It's just like, you wonder, is it going to be as fun next year, you know?
1: Yeah, so that that's really interesting you said that. I wasn't planning on talking about this with you, but I'm glad you said that, so I'll bring it up. Do you think it's part of the general manager's job description to not just provide a team that's going to win games, but also to include what you just talked about, the fan experience, players who are fan favorites, things like that? Should that be something that David Stearns is worried about, or should he just be concerned about, putting together the best roster that he possibly can.
0: I think that's, that's a a million dollar question, you know, because like, um, I just, I feel like it's gotta be all of the above, right? Like if you're going to run an elite entertainment business and, you know, your brewers have a valuation as a business of more than a billion dollars, you know, um, MLB is something like they—they they just have absurd revenue. Their revenue hasn't stopped growing for I think the better part of a decade, mm-hmm. and so you've got to—you've got to look at everything from a from a holistic standpoint. They absolutely should be thinking about bobbleheads, and they absolutely should be thinking about putting the best team on the field, and you know they should be thinking about value. You know they—they they should be thinking about all that stuff. So I don't think it's like there's only one right way to do it. Um, at the end of the day, where I think I would draw the line is that I would say, putting, like, you always have to be looking to win at the MLB level. There's never any excuse to lose on purpose, or, or there's never an excuse to really, like, have a prolonged rebuild. I think those are the only lines I would draw. But then otherwise, I would say, you know, why why shouldn't Stearns be talking about, like, who's who's their number one jersey sell? You know, who who sells the most jerseys? Who, who do fans... Like the most, you know who's who's a good blue guy in the clubhouse. Where like this is where losing someone like Aaron Perez, like it leaves me questions. Like he was, he was a guy. Craig Council said, you know, showed up and wanted the Milwaukee Brewers to win every day, and that, that's a special thing. And so it's like, uh, does does Justin Smoke have the same attitude? I don't know. Does uh, Navas have it, uh, or, or you know any of the other new guys? I I really don't know. So it's there's there's a lot that they have to balance there. So, yeah, I would say, like, it's just a totally holistic job. He's got to have everything on his mind.
1: I'll tell you what I'm interested in is, as somebody who covers this team and, and is around the team, and you know, doing post-game interviews on, on my post-game show and everything, as long as I've been around the Brewers, everybody in that clubhouse is a really good guy. And I've always thought the culture of that organization is, has has paid out dividends you know you're not going to win games because you like the guy with the you know in the locker next to you but you might lose some games because of it if it's you still got to have talent but in baseball of all sports the culture and, and the clubhouse cohesiveness end up mattering and it does feel like the brewers have valued that before i'm curious is that something they value anymore? And we're not going to, you know, I don't know anything about Justin Smoke. I don't know anything about, uh, you know, Lauer and Navajas and all, all these guys who have come in. I don't, I don't know much about these guys. Not to say that they are bad guys. I assume they're not. But I am going to be curious to see if it has a different feeling uh, in the clubhouse moving forward, and if that's something that they are continuing to value or not.
0: Yeah, no, I think, and that's there's been a lot published on that. Um, you know, after the stats movement kinda of took off a few years ago, um, the kind of final frontier of analysis became like, okay, like how can you actually build a roster of personalities? And you know, like, can you actually build a roster that's greater than the sum of its parts? And I think Brewers have proved that you can. Mm-hmm. Like if you really if you look at if you look at twenty eighteen and average out their daily performance, they were about an eighty five win club on some like on any given day, you might expect the club to win about eighty five games. And last year, on any given day, you might expect them to win about seventy eight. And then you have clubs, you know, they they threatened ninety wins last year, and then the year before, I think they got to ninety six off the top of my head. So it's like that's that you're clearly clearly looking at an organization that knows how to put management principles, Roster principles and player like player development together in a way where they make they really do make these guys better than their individual characteristics, which I think is what makes this offseason so different, so interesting. Is that they've changed the roster so much, but yet we know they're kind of good at like at like bringing every the best out of everyone. So that's why I'm super curious to see what happens with with these this new new cast of guys. Like they're they're just a totally they could have a totally different set of skills um, than the last couple clubs, like in terms of power, like maybe they're going to hit for more power, maybe they're going to not be as great in the field, but they're going to make up for it that way. It's it's going to be interesting to see how that actually plays out.
1: Yeah, it is, and I, th- I think they're still going to value that. I would assume that Stearns and company has seen that that's something that is really – help this team win some games and be successful. Even last year, you know, I when they acquired Yasmani Grandal, my first thought was how's this guy gonna fit inside the clubhouse? Uh, and and he ended up being a great guy and a great fit in the clubhouse. And I, I would assume that it's gonna be the same thing, but we're just gonna we're just gonna have to wait and see. Uh, again going back to you said a lot kind of in your opening answer and I'm sort of trying to go through some of the things you said. The the team valuing defense or not valuing defense quite as much is when you look at that, I mean, is that a case of? Maybe them saying, you know, with, with Omar Nevaez, hey, we can get this guy in and we can make him a good enough catcher. Uh, with the idea of anybody else, you know what, we're going to put these guys in the right spot. We're going to use our numbers. We're going to use our analysis, and these guys are going to be in the correct spot, and they're going to be able to make more plays because of that. Do you think there's some of that going on in, in terms of just bringing in guys and putting together a roster that, when you take a step back, looks like it's not as good defensively as, as the team's been before?
0: Yeah, so, uh, and I think there's actually some people speaking of this in the industry. I wish I could remember where I saw it on Twitter, but there was, on Scouting Twitter and Prospect Twitter, there's actually someone who mentioned that um, in terms of player development, the Brewers actually do believe that they can teach pitch framing, that they actually have... Um, People on their coaching staff who who work on specific mechanics, and I'm sure video goes along with it and things like that. But so that's actually really interesting because if they can turn, you know, Narvaez has the bat to to make things work at catcher. If he if he even marginally improves behind the dish, that's a huge value play for the Brewers. Um, And as far as the defense value goes, I mean. We already know they run one of the most aggressive shifts in baseball. My thought is, I wonder if they're going to be even more aggressive with this gang. Like, I, I've been thinking about ways to write about this um, and actually analyze it. But I think they're going to run a four-man outfield. I think you're going to see games where, where Ryan Braun comes in plays like the deep second base part in the shift or, or you're going to see Ryan Braun on the lone side of the left side of the infield, or you're going to see, I think you're going to see some really bizarre defensive alignments. Um, Cause right now they have the depth to do it, but like, look at the number of outfielders they have. They have Braun, they have Braun, Avisel Garcia, Lorenzo Cain, and Christian Yelich. I think it's super smart to stack all those guys up and to have really quality depth, but at the same time, they could, they could have some games where they start four outfielders. I, I think that's actually something that it, it's totally speculative to say that, but I think that's that's something wild that we might actually see here or there.
1: Well, so that it is wild, and when you when you speculate about that, is it just looking at the roster and looking at some of the trends and some of the things that are being thrown out there? And you think that's why it's a possibility?
0: Yeah, I th- absolutely, and also like. I mean, you have guys in that outfield who can play infield. So, you know, Ryan Braun in a pinch he could play infield and, and same with Christian Yelich, She's a first baseman. So it now mind you, like everyone listening, to it, this is total speculation. I don't I don't have any intel on this. I don't have this is all just looking at the roster and saying, How on earth are they gonna make this work? And I think it you might just see some really interesting shifts and uh it, it just seems like that's one of the ways they make this super deep roster work.
1: So do you think there's going to be a lot of things that happen this year that are maybe going to surprise us, especially when it comes to to items like that?
0: Yeah, I think so. Cause like you're this club is like, they're at a crossroads right now where we're, and I think Stern's actually deserves a ton of credit for as much as people don't want to hear, like the idea of like resetting the roster a bit. Um and I think he's actually put the team in position if some of his gambles work out, he's put the team in a position to rebuild a little bit while still winning at the MLB level. And that's the gold standard. You know, the Dodgers have done that, the Cardinals have done that. The the most elite franchise and franchises in baseball have rebuilt well while still putting contending teams out, and so I think this is their big test for Stearns to see if he can do that. If Stearns is going to be around for years and years and years, this is an extremely pivotal year. This is this year is going to answer the question: Are they going to contend beyond the Yelich window? You know, unless they extend Yelich, which I would I would totally favor that. But um, let's say if Yelich is only here for a few more years this is the type of season, this is the type of off-season that's going to set them up for for like six or seven years if they get it right.
1: Sidebar, I think they're setting themselves up from a financial standpoint to try to be able to really offer – Yelich an an extension and keep him in Milwaukee. I've it, the old you know the proverbial gun to the head. If somebody asks me, do I think they're going to extend Yelich or not? I think they're going to get a, an extension done with him at some point. I do think time is of the essence because you've got the opportunity to boost his salary in the years that he's already under contract, and you might be able to save some money on the back end by doing that. So I I just I get this sense, I get this feeling that they're trying to set themselves up to be able to extend Yelich.
0: I love it. From your lips to God's ears. I think that would be amazing. I I, I would love to see him in. Uh, I would love to see him in Milwaukee forever, just like Ryan Braun. I think you gotta have. You gotta take a chance on those elite guys because elite guys age differently. You know they, in a lot of cases, they really do, and uh, it's just uh, that would that would be pretty wild. And and the club's got the money to do it, yep. so there's no reason not to.
1: Yeah, you know the club does have the money, and and this is talked about a lot on, on social media. I I don't think there's any doubt that the Brewers can spend more money than what they're spending. But I also think the thing to be a little bit worried about at times. So I'm I'm gonna kind of talk out both sides of my mouth right now, and, and that's okay. I think people will see where I'm coming from in a moment. Yeah, the Brewers can spend money, and the Brewers can spend money with every other team in baseball, and they can sign guys to really big contracts. You look at the money that's coming in right now through TV and everything else, without a doubt, the Brewers can spend money. But I think the thing that they need to be concerned about when they're making those decisions is how guaranteed is is the production that you're going to get out of this contract? Because I think the still the difference between the Brewers and other teams are other teams spend that money, and a guy doesn't produce, they can withstand that, and they can go sign other guys. Where if the Brewers have a big money contract, and then that individual doesn't produce, I think it's harder for them to kind of dig out from that.
0: I go back and forth on that, you know, because I feel like, I feel like the one thing you don't ever know is like how how their insurance system. Plays into that. Like, I don't know if the Brewers take out insurance on all their contracts, um, and I don't know how much of that would actually like protect them. But the other thing is, is they're just the the only reason I would push back on that a little bit is just because these baseball clubs don't open their books to the public at all. And I would always err on the side of thinking a team has more money than they want us to believe then the other way around, like there's, there's some rumors that people are saying the Brewers lost money last year, which is, it's just kind of laughable. If you think about it, that like the idea that they would actually lose money by with a payroll of only like, I think their year end payroll was like $145 million. And, you know, they've gone to the playoffs a couple of years in a row, you know, they got wild card revenue and, NLCS revenue from the previous year, and then you've got all of these new um, capital assets they purchased. They have a new minor league club. They own those revenue streams. They uh, they have a new television deal coming up, as I understand it. There's new MLB revenue coming out, so it's just they. I, I'm one of the more liberal people in the Brewers fan base in this aspect, and I think I I think they're swimming in cash. They just they're not at any. They don't have any reason to share that, though. And so, like, I think that's why fans always overplay the risk. You know, they say, oh, yeah, the brewers really can't afford to do this. And it's like, well, I think they can. I, or at the very least, we should push them to open the books and see, like, see what we're really cooking with, you know? Because yeah. there is a chance that you're right, you know? But it's like, absent that data, I'm always going to try and push ownership to spend as much as possible, you know? Um, because I, I, I think they can.
1: I I I think they. That's where we a hundred percent agree. I think they can. I think I'm a little bit more cautious than you in terms of picking the cho- picking and choosing the spots where you do. I guess that's what I would say.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah, and and I'll totally have the disclaimer that I'm I'm really out there on, on that. Like I I I just I've come to realize that I just think about contractual risk in a different way for baseball players. Like I just. I, I don't worry about it as much as other people. And so I think it's it's totally fair for you to say what you said and I, I think it's it's reasonable and so I will absolutely recognize that that I'm on the other end of that.
1: Let's uh let's get into pitching a little bit before I let you go. As it sits right now, you would think the rotation for sure will have Woodruff, Hauser, Lauer would probably be in there. Brett Anderson, assuming he he's healthy, that fourth spot could go to Lynn Bloom. Although they, there was some talk about him, you know, being available in the bullpen. You got Brent Suter. Who knows what's going to happen with Corbin Burns and Freddie Peralta? Peralta's been killing it uh, in winter ball. Burns, I'm still a big believer in. I'm curious what's going to happen with him after he spent some time in that pitching lab. And uh, I I'm I'm able to kind of say this past season was a wash and try to view him the same way as I viewed him 12 months ago. People are concerned about the rotation, but to me, it's a bunch of guys who can probably do about the same stuff that the Brewers have done with starting pitching previously. Agree or disagree?
0: Oh, yeah, totally. Like Stearns it's it really cracks me up actually, that you have this like you have that in Stearns We trust hashtag, right? And the only thing Stearns has done consistently since he came to Milwaukee is build excellent depth starting pitching. Every single year, there's some some surprise that comes out of nowhere in the rotation. You know, last year it was Woodruff emerging as a potential top rotation guy. He was never scouted that way. You know, he was never scouted that way. And there's Junior Guerra, uh, David Stern's first acquisition, actually. Um, then you have Chase Anderson and Jimmy Nelson's breakout. Then you had, in 2018, you had Wade Miley and uh, Hulis Chassen. So it's just like, you just have all of these guys every single year. He just puts together these rotations, and fans, fans scream and shout constantly about it. Like, oh, they don't have a rotation, they don't have a rotation. Well, they haven't had a rotation for four years. Stearns understand you need 10 to 12 pitchers to win and to withstand 162 games of injuries. And he just throws them together and says, you know what? The rest will figure it out. And I, that's absolutely my favorite thing that he does. He, and I, it's just kind of funny to watch the reactions because you have this on the face of it. People say like, oh yeah, trust in Stearns, trust in Stearns. But then when it actually comes to like, get your feet to the fire a little bit, people, I think they still love like dreaming on that, like Justin Verlander or something, you know, like the real ace or like the Washington Nationals rotation, which is like, Stacked with all these traditional like 1960s style big picture big eight guys, it's, the Brewers just win with weird pitchers, and I love it. It's great. I think they can do it next year.
1: From a bullpen standpoint, there's been rumblings out there that that Josh Hader would be on the market. Do you do you have a strong opinion one direction or the other if they should really be dangling Hader out there?
0: Oh yeah, I would there's pretty much no player on the roster except for Christian Yelich Cause you could never get the prospects that would make Christian Yelich worth trading. But I, I think there's pretty much no one on the roster. I would trade wouldn't trade or look to trade for the right price. But the other thing is um, I think we've talked about this before, um, but I, there's been a lot of talk over the last couple of years of Josh Hader's recovery issues and like, some of the health issues related to his mechanics. And frankly, if you can, if the brewers have any sense that those are going to like be issues that pile up over the years and they think they can get a good trade for him now and it happens, then, then why not? You know, he's an elite reliever, but you do wonder about how long that body can, can withstand that delivery. So who knows? It might, it might work for another four years. It might not. So um, I, I, I would support the Brewers either way on that. If it doesn't work, that's cool. If they do find a trade, absolutely make it work.
1: The bullpen was an issue at times this past year. Uh, you know, the, the Drew Pomerantz trade ended up being a really big thing for this team. If there's if there's two areas I'm uncomfortable, and somehow we've talked for about a half hour and really haven't talked about third base and the fact that there's nobody there yet, but if there's, if there's areas <laughs> right now that I'm maybe uncomfortable with, it, it's clearly third base where they need to – get somebody and even with Hater, I'm still a little uncomfortable with the way the bullpen is set up uh do you do you yeah. agree with that
0: I do actually um and there's a few areas I really wanted them to spend that extra money this year and I thought Pomerantz got a really interesting contract I would have totally dove in on that Jordan Lyles I would have paid for um they're look I mean Stearns knows how to gamble on pitching, but when you look at that and it makes me a little bit uncomfortable because he's gambling on Corey can coming back from injury. He's gambling on wall coming back from injury. He's gambling on a bunch of new guys, really like who knows, who knows. So I do understand that everything I said before about how he's built pitching means like, we should, we should believe in it. But you would like to see a, you know, getting another high-impact bullpen arm, I think, would be a really good way to spend ten or fifteen million dollars.
1: Last thing for you, this time I mean it, because we will. I got to ask you about third base. <laughs> Make a prediction: Are they going to sign somebody? Are they going to acquire somebody from another team? Or are we going to see some version of uh, Luis Urias and, and and Eric Sogard, and maybe you know even a, a Ronnie Rodriguez over there at third base? What do you think is going to happen there?
0: my gut says if they do something, it's going to be a trade. Cause I just, I'm not sure who's on the market. Now that Starling Castro, um, like, I, I'm really not sure who, who on the free agency market would markedly improve their team right now. Um, I would go for a trade. Um, if you put me on the spot, my guys, I really like are Brian Anderson from the Marlins. Um, I think there's a bunch of weird depth guys from around the team. There's a couple guys on the Angels. There's a couple guys on, on a on a few teams around the club. I or, or sorry, a few clubs around the league where I think I think they might actually make a head scratcher move where people where they trade for a third baseman. People go, what? Because that's <laughs> kind of been the whole theme of the off season. Yeah. So I would I would bet if they do make a move, it's a trade. Um, otherwise, I'm going with the four man outfield and Ryan Braun playing third base
1: sometimes all right fair enough I agree with you by the way I think they're I think Stearns has a trade left in his uh back pocket here in the soft season and they're gonna get a, their third baseman via trade that's my thought so right on uh great stuff as always certainly uh appreciate you taking a little bit of uh time with us we can tell folks uh Again, uh, the this and we didn't even like touch the surface of what you wrote. So I would encourage everybody to get to Brew Crew Ball and uh, check out uh, what you wrote. And, and you never know when you might pop up there uh, at Brew Crew Ball. I'll follow you on Twitter at Spective Wax. Nick, always great to talk to you. Thanks so much for taking the time, Matt. It's always a pleasure. Thanks so much for doing this. All right, that was Nicholas Zettel, and that is going to do it for this week's edition of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. Our first show in January in the books. Uh, thanks for putting up with no show last week and just an abbreviated edition two weeks ago. We generally take two weeks off right around Christmas and New Year's. Did a little miniature show, a mini blast of a show a couple weeks ago because that was right after all that uh, stuff and all the all the movement had occurred, and wanted to at least do something. But yeah, we are back now, and here for the next fifty weeks or so, you can expect the podcast to drop Sunday night, early Monday morning. Unless if they make a, so I am I am recording this right now, Sunday, January fifth, twenty twenty, at eight oh eight p.m. If the Brewers announce some sort of, or maybe they don't even have to announce it if it gets reported, some sort of move on Monday morning, I may just move the podcast for the rest of the off season. To Monday nights, we'll have to wait and see. Also, by the way, I didn't even mention this at the beginning of the podcast because I don't do this for a week and all of a sudden I forget everything I need to mention. I do you want to say hello to the people who have been listening to this over on uh, 540 ESPN, part of uh, Doug Russell's Pod Center, and always glad to be able to uh, have this podcast not just in podcast form but in radio form as well. And uh, for those of you who are listening to it on the radio, it's always available on demand, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or WTMJ.com. All right, I want to say thank you to uh, Nicholas Zettel. I really enjoyed that conversation. I hope you did as well. And we will talk to you again next week for another edition of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. Thanks for listening to Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Matt will be back next week with another episode. For all the latest
0: Brewers news, keep listening to the home of the Brewers. News Radio 620 WTMJ.